Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I haven't seen any intentions in the inbox, so I encourage you to remedy that and send in your prayer requests and intentions of any kind to Daily Decade Requests at ProtonMail.com. Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com and give us an opportunity to pray for you especially in Lent it's a great opportunity for us to offer our prayers and offer our alms and of course discipline ourselves by fasting but above all it's an opportunity for us to be pleasing to God by reminding ourselves and by confessing to him that all things are in his power Uh, so today uh, absent a special intention to pray for. I'd like to continue to pray for everybody that we've been praying for so far uh, and uh, and also to pray for those uh, with special crosses, uh, unique burdens, special challenges in their lives of any kind uh, to pray for their strength and to pray for the assistance of Christ and Uh, the intercession of St. Joseph, since we're now in the period of the St. Joseph Novena, uh, to pray, uh, to ask his intercession to pray for them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Saint Joseph, we beg thy intercession for all who face adversities in providership, for all who bear crosses. For you provided protection provided sustenance, provided faith and trust and example to our blessed Lord in the form of the child Jesus, in his life as the child Jesus, in the form of your fatherhood. Teach us also to provide example to those around us. Teach us as fathers, as parents, to show example and to provide all those things necessary through all adversity. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, thy father, foster son, who liveth and reigneth with the Father in heaven and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in any kind of adversity, St. Michael the Archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, today I was thinking about, actually I had an incredibly good day at work today and it had me thinking. There's a, an attitude 
that accompanies positive experience with one's employment. I'm not a great fan of the kind of work that I do, as I think most people aren't. You, uh, you go to work because it's a necessity. Uh, it's not something that you want to do or something that really feels natural to do. I think most of us spend most of our time sitting around uh, staring at computer screens. Man was not meant to do that. Men, and we've talked about this before, men who work with their hands have a closer relationship with the Creator because He crafts, and they craft from what He crafted. One who assembles things necessarily has a kind of closeness to God. But even those jobs can be difficult. Even those jobs can seem like torture. They can seem unfair. And they, they can, in fact, be unfair, be unjust. But one of the things that I found very effective in my own life, and so I suppose I guess this particular offering is uh, <laughs> is a bit of unsolicited advice, and I don't mean it to be that way, but this is something that's been positive for me. You have a vocation. We all do. We all have a vocation. And we all have a state in life. And those things are not always the same thing, they're, but they're tied together in an intimate way. After all, if one has a vocation to the priesthood, then one necessarily uh, has a single state in life, a, a consecrated celibacy of one's life. And it is very often, thanks to the language that's used in schools, and I think encouraged by businesses who want people to, uh, who don't want people to, feel like they're enslaved in this or another way to think of the job that they do as a kind of vocation the reality is very few people find their vocation in what earns them money it's not a common thing it never has been a common thing there's no such thing as being as having a vocation to be a peasant <laughs> one is born into that reality and it can be either a means of salvation or a means of damnation, depending on how involved God is in our lives. We talked about being wise as serpents and harmless as doves, to recognize all the evil that is out there, to have no part in it, and to maintain an innocent and perfect witness of our Christian life and everything that we do. You can view your work as a punishment it was something that I often did especially if if you've ever had the experience of losing a job or uh, of being laid off it can often feel like well through no fault of your own you're now without work that could feel like a punishment but because we know that God desires us to always improve when we're here on earth to always seek repentance and to come back nearer and nearer to him because God does not desire the death of a sinner but that he be converted and live that's what the Psalms tell us and if that's the case then it seems that God should provide us with every tool that we need in order to accomplish that end to turn back to him to be converted and to live in Christ 
so often the, the case is that we experience something as a punishment or as trouble or even as a minor inconvenience, when in reality it's meant to be a test for us. We are made perfect. When, it's, when Christ says that his strength is made perfect in weakness, it's because it's in our weakness that his strength is perfected. But it also means something else. When one is under attack, one can feel weakened. One can feel worn out, worn down. When one is facing adversity, it tires. It, it does, it exhausts you. But even though it, it, in that it's doing that, it's also bettering you. It's the same thing to get under the iron and, and lift weights. The more adversity that you force your body to face, the more you will uh, put muscle on, build muscle on, lose weight, and put away uh, unnecessary fat, that sort of thing. The more adversity you put the body under, the greater the growth that it experiences. And that's true in life as well. When our cross weighs most heavily on our shoulders, it is because we are nearing the next great Calvary of our lives. Christ falls more frequently as he gets closer to the cross because the weight of the cross is crushing down on him. And we can, at any point in the journey to Calvary, I choose to cast aside that cross, in which case we'll be crucified anyway, but without any supernatural end, without any part of the resurrection. We won't share in Christ's crucifixion. We'll have our own. Or we can lean into it, hunch the shoulders, grab hold of a firmer hold on it and keep going. If we view our work as an inconvenience, as a punishment, as suffering, merely suffering, what we're actually doing is we're trying to cast off a cross that God has placed on our shoulders. And what an easy cross it is too. The work that you do is something that you do with a material reward attached to it. You work for money. The way you can pay rent or your mortgage. You can buy food, pay for medical care. All the sorts of things that as men we're required to do for our families, provide for them. We gain the means to do that through our employment, through our work. By the sweat of our backs do we eat bread. And sometimes that's a metaphysical sweat, and sometimes it's very real and physical sweat. But in any case, it's through our efforts that we accomplish, we accomplish those things. The degree to which your work is intolerable to you is the degree to which that work might become a means whereby you earn not only your daily bread, but also the super substantial bread that is the Christian life. Now, of course, the super substantial bread also refers more explicitly to the Eucharist. But as Christ says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that issues forth from the mouth of God. And since he is the word, that means one lives by him. One lives by Christ's example, by his teaching, by his, ex his dwelling in our life and in everything that we do. And that too is a super substantial bread, less real and less uh, 
immediate than the Eucharist, but it is a presence of Christ in our lives whenever we live according to the law of God, whenever we live according to the love of God and of Christ, of the Son of God. If we bear our cross and we view our work as a cross and lift it up and place it on our shoulders willingly, one thing I have found is that the weight lightens significantly. When you're always trying to push against it and cast it off of you and get away from it, I find that it grows so much heavier because you're not moving forward at all. You're just trying to get it off your shoulders. You shift it from one shoulder to the other. You lean into it. You drop it all together sometimes. And it's very, very heavy to pick back up again once you've dropped it. But once you've had it on your shoulders and you lean into it and embrace it and keep moving forward, it lightens. And an ethic returns, a work ethic returns. Uh, an almost eagerness to do the work in such a way that's pleasing to God. If you, view the, if you understand that the work that you're doing is ultimately for Him and not for your supervisor or your boss or the company owner. It's ultimately for Christ. Because whatever money it will make for the owner of the company, especially if you work for a large firm, and maybe one that's not super ethical, whatever money it makes is just that, money. That money will never become anything greater than what it is, which is stuff. Just stuff. Metal from the earth, paper, that's exchanged for other stuff, all of which is perishable. That's all money is, you know. It's just paper. It's just paper or it's metal, in which case it's just rocks from the earth that have been shined up, had a picture stamped on them. But it's still just stuff. And you give some people that stuff so they'll give you other stuff that's more useful. There's not a whole lot you can do with money by itself. It's paper. I suppose you can write on it. It's not going to feed you. It's not going to beautify anything in your home. It's not going to put a roof over your head. I suppose if you plastered it, you probably could get a temporary roof out of it. But it's not going to accomplish any of those things by itself. It has to be exchanged for other things of more value. More immediate value. But when you work for Christ... And you lean your shoulder into that cross. Well, what happens then is that you start to earn real rewards. Not just a material thing that you can exchange for other material things. You begin to earn the salvation that God intends for you. The salvation that Christ won on the cross. And you also earn other things. As you bear the cross and as you bear it joyfully, you'll earn spiritual graces. The ability to do, do it even better than you're already doing it. To be more effective at bearing the cross and even to be more effective at the mundane tasks that your work entails. All of these things come from embracing the weight, the yoke that God places on our shoulders so that we might more easily glorify Him. It says that the yoke is light. 
these tasks are easy. Because they are. Once you find joy in Christ and in serving Him, everything that you pick up starts to get lighter. And that's something that doesn't happen right away. That's something that takes some time. That's another thing that's easily discouraging. You start to think this way, you pray regularly, you devote yourself to Christ, but at the end of the week, you find, well, I'm not a whole lot changed from what I was. You pray again, and not, not a whole lot changes again. It's just gradually, inch by inch, little by little, you're changing. You're converting. You're repenting. And you overcome the little vices, the little sins. But it may take a long time, depending on how rooted you were in your sin, depending on how rooted you were in your habits, to become truly devout towards God. And the same thing is true of the cross. You can desire to bear the cross. You can make an effort to bear the cross. But until it settles into its place on your shoulder, occasionally it'll still want to jump off of you. You'll still want to drop it. You'll still be struggling. If our work, our employment is a cross to us, if we start thinking of it that way, it may take some time for us to break the old way of thinking. And however long it takes us, it takes us, depending on our, our spiritual abilities. But once it's done, you'll notice the change. You'll go more joyfully to do something that you used to hate. Maybe not in mirth, you won't love the job, but you'll see it as an opportunity. And that means that you'll come home having having met and fulfilled an opportunity. And that means that those around you who depend on you will be more benefited by you. You'll be able to serve as a better exemplar to them. Nothing's worse than coming home after a terrible day's work and then having more work placed in front of you by your wife and your children. We all love them. Our, our wives and our children, we love them deeply. We'd do anything for them. I'd lay down my life for any one of my kids as many times as I had to. But it is tiring. You get home from a day's work, you don't want to do any more work. If you get home from bearing a cross and you continue to bear the cross until you go to sleep and you have the stations of the cross before you in your heart, have all of that, if you walk with Christ, then those other burdens become lighter because you've spent all day glorifying God rather than just serving man. And so my prayer is that all of our work, every one of us who's employed and is employed in such a way that he may not want to be employed is employed in a way that is that has him seeking a way out to get away from it. That if it's God's will, and through the intercession of St. Joseph, they'll find new work. But before that, that they'll see their work as a cross and bring it up upon their shoulder and make their way to Calvary. And so my prayer is that that all of us, in our burdens, in the obstacles we face, might 
follow the examples of the saints and embrace that suffering and embrace that adversity and strengthen our spirits as a result and having done so find how light the yoke of Christ can the yoke of Christ can be in the form of his cross and thereby be lifted up from our own cross rather than taken down like that thief at the end who blasphemed Christ instead of in humility turning to him to say remember me O Lord when thou comest into thy kingdom in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen